to the Icon Church podcast. Icon Church is one church in five locations. Our vision is human flourishing. We pray that this podcast helps you to flourish in life. For any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. We hope you enjoy this podcast. You doing good this morning? Hey, so good. Um, it's interesting, every time I get up to uh, preach, I, I always bring this Bible up. This Bible is uh, like uh, eight years old now, and uh, it's a little inscription. You can get down, guys, I've started, don't worry. And it says, presented to Nathan by Dad on July 2011. And then he wrote a little, nice little love note in the front. I think it, it says this, Nathan, preach this word. Be true to its meaning. It points people to Jesus and Jesus changes lives. God's word is more powerful than any other word alive. God's word will build the church. I love you, dad. That's that bit that, because uh, he never tells me he loves me. Uh, if you didn't know, Paul's my dad. And, and, uh, but that's what I'm praying this morning, that his word will build the church. So come on, let's pray. Jesus, we pray that you'll build your church today and that your word will speak to us, God. And uh, I pray your Holy Spirit be at work in our lives. And uh, Lord, I pray that we'll walk out of this place. I pray for anyone who may have walked into this place with their head down, maybe through circumstance that today, they would walk out with their head held high, knowing a God who is for them, knowing a God who has great things for them. And so we give this time to you, God. We open our heart to you and we say, speak to us in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. amen. Why don't you high five three people and grab your seats. As has been said, my name is Nathan. I'm one of the pastors here at Icon Church. And uh, again, if this is your first time to Icon Church, I want to welcome you. Um, but it's so good to see everyone uh, this summer. And like has been said, we're believing for an incredible summer. It's already started, but an incredible summer at Icon Church. And a big welcome to everyone online. And um, just really believing that God's going to speak to us this morning, just as I said. So we're going to read and uh, kind of my, my, my few verses that I want to focus on today is from John 17, verses 20 to 23. And uh, these verses are Jesus praying, praying for us, the believers. He's praying for all believers. So he's praying for us. And he, he says this, my prayer is, is not for them alone. He's talking about his disciples. He's just been praying about his disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, the message the disciples take, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. It's incredible, Jesus' prayer for each and every one of us. I want to speak from the subject. I know many of you like titles. Uh, change the narrative. Change the narrative. And uh, recently, I, I was uh, talking to um, one of my uh, friends from football, uh, his wife, and uh, not, not really spoken to her. And um, 
And uh, I was speaking to her just a few weeks ago at our presentation night and she was talking to me about church. And I know this can be really bad, but sometimes I turn up to these things and I think I just want to chill out. And yet everyone wants to talk to me about church. They know what I do. Even yesterday, um, uh, we had the non-league equivalent of the Community Shield, which is happening today. And we won 5-1. And so that was good. And I, I played 10 minutes. And so I'm, I'm, on, I'm back on the trail. If you didn't know, I snapped my Achilles. And so I'm back on the trail 11 months without playing. I think I've still got it. I can move as quick as I could before, which wasn't very quick. So we're all right. And uh, even yesterday, uh, one of the guys who's recently signed for our team, oh, what do you do as a job? Oh, I'm a pastor of a church. Really? Yeah. No, really, what do you do as a job? No, that's what I do. Uh, but recently I was talking to one of my friend's wives about, and she wanted to talk about church and she was talking about church. She says, I'm intrigued by church. And here's why I'm intrigued. And she's a businesswoman and, and uh, she's read John Maxwell's books. And, uh, and so she's like, oh, we use John Maxwell's books. You know, the f- have you ever read John Maxwell? I said, yeah, 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 yeah. She went, well, well, we use the five levels of leadership. I'm like, crazy. All right. And she's like, I'm really intrigued because like he'll use Bible and he'll, he, he, he'll talk about church. And I, I kind of said, oh yeah, well, he used to be a pastor of a church and then went into the business, now become this business guru and, and uh, it's incredible. And she's like, I'm intrigued by church. In my head, I'm going like, like, like party is happening in my head. I'm like, this is going to be the easiest invite ever to church. It's like, you're intrigued by church. And so I was like, well, you should just come and check out our church. And, and you know when someone responds and you, you're expecting a different response and, and you like have to question it and when you question it, you sound a little bit harsh. This is what happened next. She went, no, I could never come to your church. And I went, you what? <laughs> You'll have to say that again. Because I'm expecting, yeah, of course, when, when's it going off? And she's intrigued. No, I, I could never come to your church. Like, I got loads of problems you're looking at a walking, talking problem here. She's like, yeah, but you don't, you don't know like all, all the problems and the mistakes. I'm like, same. She says, yeah, but what would I wear? <laughs> wear whatever you want. As long as you've got clothes on, you're, you can come through the doors. It's like, and I was just thinking, hold on, how do people, like a simple invite, someone who is intrigued by church, intrigued by God, intrigued in this moment of their businesses being even shaped by a Christian in terms of these five levels of leadership, it's being shaped and yet a simple invite to church leads to a place of, no, I could never come. I think we as a church do this, but I think we've got to begin to change the narrative change the narrative that actually people can come in in all walks of life, whoever they are, they can walk in through the church and belong as they are and whatever the mistakes, whatever the problems, whether they've got holes in their jeans or they want to wear shorts to church and flip-flops, whatever they want to come in, they can come through the doors. That actually this is a place where everyone belongs. And yet still today, like it took me aback because I was like, she's intrigued. And yet in this moment of a simple invitation, it's like, no, I could never come to church. Wow. I think we've got to begin to change the narrative of the church. But I think we underestimate the power of the narrative of our lives. Because the church is 
not just what they walk into, it's what they experience when they experience a follower of Jesus. It's when they, what they experience when they're in interaction with me. I'm hoping that as maybe that lady sees more of me around football or whatever, she'll begin to think he's quite normal. He's actually a little bit messed up in some areas so I can go. I'm hoping she finds that like I'm on a journey as well and that even though I am a leader in the church, I haven't got it all figured out. Like, I, think, I think it's one of the narratives that needs to change in the church. I think, I, think, I, I think we do so well at this that we don't have people who stand up here and go, I've got everything together. No, 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 no. We're all on a journey. We're all going together. We're all relying on the word of God. We're all expecting it to change our lives. So actually, we're all on this journey. But I've got to begin to change the narrative. See, there's a new narrative that's needed for our lives, but also a new narrative that's needed for the church. I don't know, uh, maybe an interesting thing would be to ask people, what do you think when I say the word church? Because I guess we get different filters and different things, but maybe we can be a people who changes the narrative, changes the narrative. In these verses, Jesus is praying, and he's praying about us, the believers. It is like this moment is actually just before Jesus is arrested. And Jesus has been talking all the time about he's going to be arrested. He's going to be taken to the cross. He's going to be a sacrifice for everyone. And, and, and so this is like one of those last moments. And so for me, when I recognize that it's one of those last moments, I kind of like sit up a little bit more and listen a little bit more to what he's saying. And, uh, and so here he's, he's praying for the believers. He's not praying for those outside of the church. He's praying for me and for you. He's praying for the believers that in turn that would impact outside of the church. I got thinking about my life. I got thinking maybe, maybe I, I, if I change the narrative in my life, maybe if I begin to change some things in my life, maybe if, if something in my life was, you know, that whole following Jesus was more apparent in my life, then maybe people would be more willing to, hey, yeah, I'll come with you to church. See, he's praying for the believers because that impacts outside of the church. You see, in John 17 and verse 9, just before he's praying about the disciples, he says this, I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. He's saying, hey, like, I'm praying for us. I'm praying for you. I'm believing in this moment that I'm praying for you. And the big Thing in those verses that I want us to focus on today is this whole thing around being one, being united, being a people who are one and united that a church would rise. See, I, like the church of Jesus is powerful. I don't think we always believe it, but the church of Jesus is powerful. Like the church of Jesus, okay, you don't believe me, let me show you. Matthew 16 and verse 18 some of our favorite verses. So Peter said, hey, Jesus, you're, you're the Messiah. And he says, and I tell you that you are Peter. And so on this rock, that revelation that Jesus is the Messiah, I will build my church. And then here's what he says about the church. And the gates of hell, or Hades, it says in mind, will not overcome it. The gates of hell will not overcome it. That's the power of the church. 
like gates are a defensive mechanism. They're not an attacking mechanism. They're a defensive mechanism. And so whatever people are facing, maybe that's hell on earth that they're facing in their lives. We have the power as the church of Jesus to go and say, hey, there's no gates that are going to stand in the way of the church of Jesus that we can go and we can get some people. That there's this power of the church of Jesus that a defensive mechanism can't even stand against it. That nothing can stand against the church. And here Jesus in this moment, he's praying for the church to rise, for the church to rise united, for the church to be united, to be one, to be that force that she's calling her to be, to not be on the back foot waiting. No, to be on the front foot and actually be willing to go, do you know what? There are some old narratives. The church has been on the back foot, but no, 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 not, not no longer. We're on the front foot. We're the church of Jesus. This is the power. And we recognise, we have to recognise I'm the church. As I go into my everyday life, I'm the church. And the Bible tells us that the same power that raised Christ from the grave lives in me. So I got some power. So I might be facing a situation on my Monday, but I got some power in me to face that situation, to begin to walk into that situation. But I think sometimes we've been too timid, too quiet, too on the back foot. Maybe we've got to change the narrative and begin to say, no, no, the church is powerful. Here's where the power comes, though. It comes in unity and in this oneness. I love this because Jesus prays, as I, you know, as I'm in you, you're in me. And, you know, you get all of this language and it's like, it's kind of, it's a little bit like, how does that work? You know, how does this work? All of that. But sometimes it's just like, do you know what? We're just moving in the same direction. We're just believing the same thing. We're believing for the same thing. And so this morning, I, I just want to, I want to highlight a few old narratives that I, I think we need to get rid of and replace them with some new narratives. Some new narratives that are fairly old because they're in the Bible and they're 2,000 years old, but they could still be new today. And I think they're new for a world, even today. And they're powerful in a world. So here's, the, here's some old narratives. The first one is this, an old narrative of comparison. Comparison needs to become an old narrative. And yet, it's probably more prevalent today than maybe ever, the, ever before with the whole rise of social media. It's, it's prevalent like never before, the rise of social media. Um, like, like, I'll be honest, we can have an amazing Sunday here. And then Sunday night, I can go through my Instagram feed and then I see the church on the other side of the world and I see their pictures and I go, oh, great. It's amazing. God bless them. And in me, I can think, all of a sudden, comparison can begin to creep in. Comparison can begin to creep in. I was listening recently to a, a, a pastor in America, and he, he's just started a church around about five, six years ago. And uh, he says that, like, they've grown, like, rapidly in the last five or six years. And so they get, they get quite a few people who come and get inspired by them. And, uh, and so they, they come to him and they say, oh, we're so inspired. We, we look at your Instagram and, you know, we look at what you're doing and we're so inspired. And he said, don't look at our Instagram. I have a rule in our church. No camera people are allowed to take pictures of empty seats. So it always looks full. You should come on a, you know, he's in Miami. You should come on a raining day in Miami. I'll do an Instagram live for you and you'll see how empty church can be. Sometimes we can get into this comparison game. Comparison 
We're robbers of seeing the miracle right in front of our face. Comparison will rob us of seeing the miracle right in front of our face. You see, today we could walk out of here and we could have this narrative in our life of comparison and it will rob us of the miracles that we've heard on those praise reports. It will rob us of the miracles that we've seen over the past few weeks. It will rob us of the miracles of what God is doing right in front of our face because we're looking elsewhere going, oh, wouldn't it be great to be over there? Wouldn't it be great? No, 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 no. There's miracles right here. God's at work right here. I can be inspired by what's going off over there. But if that leads to a place of comparison, it will rob me of seeing the miracle right in front of my face. It will rob me of that. Here's what happens though. When we have a narrative comparison, it ends up becoming a narrative of competition. That all of a sudden we compare our lives and Let's even just think personally in our lives. We compare our lives with somebody else's life and we, we can look at our lives and we can be happy. I'm like, we can be happy with our, uh, what you got, Katie, a Ford Focus? Yeah? You can be happy with your Ford Focus, Katie, but when Jake eventually passes his test and buys a BMW, whoa, comparison game all of a sudden starts and then it's all of a sudden a competition of what car can I get next? And yet I was so happy with my Ford Focus. It like went from A to B and even A to B to C. It is amazing. But now like Jake has all of a sudden he's eventually got a job and this is not a dig at Jake at all. He's got a job, a J-O-B and you know, and he's eventually earning some money and paying his mum and dad some rent and give me a five or later gaff. And he's doing all of that and he's bought himself a BMW and Katie sat there going, so pleased for you. Right. I need to search. We do it, don't we? It becomes a competition. We're so happy with our house. <laughs> and then a family member buys a new house with more bedrooms, more bathrooms. Oh, quick, get on right move. And there are other good places you can buy houses from. But it becomes a competition. We compare and then it becomes a competition. And all of a sudden, competition will rob us of our joy. It will rob us of our joy because we'll be constantly, constantly, constantly going, I've got to have something better. Hey, there's nothing wrong with wanting better for my life, but if it comes from a place of I'm comparing and it's in competition. Like I'm one of the most competitive people you'll know. Like get me on a football pitch. Like Friday night, youth, we did party in the park, right? And I decided, right, I'm going to play football. I got the ball and took all the young people on and scored. And it was my son's iron in net as well. He's only five years old. And I had to do it. And I celebrated like I won the World Cup because I'm competitive in that. But do you know what was better actually? Like when a young person did it. It's like, wow, you're a good player. I even started doing a bit of coaching with some of the young, young lads. If you do this, if you do that anyway. Off the football. But being in competition will rob us of our joy. And all of a sudden, we'll, we'll be wanting the next thing. You see, there's a saying, the grass is greener where you water it. It can look greener somewhere else, but it's where I water it. The grass is greener where I water it. And I, I believe that actually in, in, a, in church, you see, Jesus is praying for believers I think we can do it in church. It can become co competitive. 
We can end up in this comparison and it can become competitive. You see, when um, I, I love that the, the Paul has shared about reading, reading Jesus every day because I, like, that's not from a place of, you know, look at me, I read Jesus every day. It's from a place of, let me inspire you to get into the word of God. Here's where it becomes comparison. If in my head, I go, well, he reads Jesus 365 days and I've missed a day. I'm not good enough. Or it becomes a competition. No, no, let it inspire you. I know he doesn't do 365 days, he only does 363. But this is the thing. If we're in this competition, it'll rob us of our joy. It's, it's got to become an old narrative. It's got to become an old narrative because actually it divides us. The last old narrative that I want to touch on this morning is because I think this is what happens. We compare, it becomes competition. And then when we're not winning, it becomes criticism. We become a critic. We become a person who becomes a critic of what's happening maybe in somebody else's life. And criticism ends up being a downward spiral that actually just leads us to disunity so quickly. It'll lead us to disunity so quickly that we'll begin to criticise one another. So I, I wonder if, if, if these are some of the reasons why that girl in my story is, is saying, no, I couldn't come because I, I don't know, I've got problems. Because she's thinking, hey, I'll come into an environment where maybe people will judge me, criticize me. But actually, we've got to change the narrative, praise Jesus. We've got to change the narrative. We've got to be a church and a people that change the narrative, that actually become this church who are united, who are one. But we end up in this old narrative. You see, this old narrative doesn't even just play out in other people's lives plays out in my own life because I compare myself with someone else. I end up putting myself in competition with somebody else and then I end up criticizing myself all the time, all the time. And here's what happens. I walk out of church and I walk into my daily life with my head down rather than my head up knowing I'm the church of Jesus. Nothing, the gates of hell will not stand against the church of Jesus. I'm the church of Jesus. So I'm gonna walk in all that God has got for me. So I, I, I want to say to us this morning, let's change the old narrative for a new narrative. A new narrative is, first one is this, is a new narrative of love. A new narrative of love. You see, when I think of that whole comparison, that whole game of comparison, if, if I'm going to be a person of love, then I can't compare to others. I can't begin because I, I, I want to be a person of love. I'm, I'm not going to compare myself to somebody else, but I'm going to be a person of love. You see, our love is defined by Jesus. He says this, love as I have loved you. That, that we get rid of this old comparison of, uh, old narrative of comparison and we begin to walk out love for each and every person. Look what it says in John uh, 13, 35. Or 34 and 35 we'll read. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. See, I, I don't, I don't, I, I think... 
I can't, I can't walk in comparison if I'm loving somebody else because I want the best for them. I, I want the, the best for them that, you know, like, I want the greatest for them. I want them to live their best life. I want them to succeed in life. But if, I, if I'm not walking in love, not loving as Jesus loved, and I'm beginning to compare myself with others, then all of a sudden, I begin to downplay the miracles that are happening right in front of my face. See, when I love people, I can hear those praise reports. And even though I've got a prayer request, I can hear those praise reports and go, that's incredible. That's amazing that God is doing that in somebody else's life. But sometimes I can sit here with my prayer request and I can hear a praise report and I can compare. Why does God do it for them? And all of a sudden we can be led down a path of, did I not do enough for God? And it becomes a path of works rather than a path of Jesus's grace and his love for us. You see, um, the disciples, they'll know you're my disciples by the way you love one another. It creates unity. It creates this oneness. The second new narrative is a narrative of encouragement. A narrative of encouragement. I can't be in competition with you if I'm encouraging you. I can't be in competition with you if I'm encouraging you. Like, you know, somebody's starting a business over here and maybe it's in a similar field to me, but I can't be in competition because, do you know what? I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to put some courage into you. I, I, I love this because I think this is, this speaks to a world so loudly. A uh, good friend of mine, uh, two years ago started his own business not in the church started his own business and he talked to me about starting his own business before and and um, he he was like do I do it don't I do it you know and he like weighing it up and I just put some courage in I said I think you can do it I believe you can do it I'm gonna encourage you you can do this he'd never run his own business before and I said look you've got to get some advice get some of your, you know, people who you know who run businesses similar, get some advice, but I think you can do it. Two years later, he's got 14 staff. He's running his own business. He's got like machinery worth thousands and thousands of pounds, assets worth thousands and thousands of pounds. And even today he comes and he says, Nathan, I'm not sure about running my business. I'm going, mate, you're missing it. Because you're looking at everyone else's business and going, yeah, but they've got 30 staff and they've got 40 staff. Stop it. No, I'm going to put some courage in. You're two years old. You've got 14 staff. Look what's happening in front of your face. Look what's happening in front. But sometimes we look beyond and it's great to be inspired. Hey, be inspired. That's where you want to go. But I'm going to put some courage into you that actually you're doing better than you know. You're doing better than you think that today you can walk out of here with your head held high. It's got to become a new narrative rather than I'm in competition. Because Dave's a great singer, but I'm not. So there's no competition at all there. But you know what? What a great worship leader Dave is. We've got to build each other up. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11, Paul who writes the load in the New Testament. He says this, he says, Therefore encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. He's like saying, hey, you're doing this, but keep doing it and keep doing it. Another verse says, encourage one another daily. Encourage one another daily. Put some courage into some people. 
I think sometimes we've downplayed encouragement to this, uh, like, you know, sympathy vote where I'll put my arm, oh, cry. no, no, I'm going to put some courage in. You're facing a situation. You can get through this. We're in this together. Come on, you're believing for a miracle. I'm believing for a miracle with you. You can do this. You can live a great life tomorrow, no matter what you're facing. You can live your best life tomorrow, no matter what you're facing. Your win is my win. Your success is my success. We're in this together. There's no competition. We're for each other. And the last one, it's what Jesus prayed for is unity. Unity. Unity is not uniformity, where we all look the same, you know. It's not even unanimous decision. Here's what it is. It's coming back to the main thing. The main thing. That Jesus died on the cross for us. That Jesus set us free. Sometimes we, like people in church can get so caught up in like certain theology or doctrine. And here's what happens. And it even happens outside of the church. But if, if you believe different to me, I'm not sure we can walk together. And our unity is we can believe together, but the main thing is the main thing, and that's Jesus and His message. That hey, we, you know, like I mean, like you know, you've got these post, mid, pre-tribulation. You know, what are you? Who cares? I'm about Jesus. Let's walk together. Let's be in unity together. Do you know what? We might have difference of views on some things, but we walk together. It's not just in the church though. It's in our daily lives. It, it happens even in politics and it, even in different situations. If, if, if you're different view to me, oh, we can't be friends. No, no, no. We're going to walk together. We're going to show a world that, hey, we might have difference of views, but we can walk together because Jesus is the main thing. I believe today that a new narrative needs to be built. A new narrative for my life needs to be built. A narrative of love and encouragement and unity. A narrative in the church of love, encouragement and unity. A new narrative needs to be built. We need to get rid of the old narrative. The old narrative that says, I'm going to compare myself to, to everything else. That I'm, I'm going to end up competing with everyone and I'm going to be a critic. No, no, I'm not going to be a critic. I'm going to be a builder. A builder of the new narrative. Oh, come on, if you're with me today, let's be a builder of the new narrative. Come on, let's stand. Let's be builders of a new narrative, narrative of love, a narrative of encouragement that leads us into this place of unity together. Unity, knowing that the church will rise, that Jesus is the main thing. So come on, let's sing. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Icon Church. If you'd like any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. Have the best week.